0: Allison Danis is joining me on the show this week. Allison is a good friend of mine and is a death doula and funeral director in the local area. Uh, It's about a month ago my mom passed away from cancer and um, this is the first opportunity that I've had to really talk with somebody in depth about the process of what happened outside of my my immediate family and uh, and really kind of process and understand um, and talk about some of the experiences that we had. And so since Frankie is a death doula, you'll hear me refer to as Frankie quite a bit. Since Frankie's a death doula, this is her wheelhouse. Um, And so I wanted to have her back on the show to help share this space with me as I kind of unpack my feelings around death. And she also talks about the experience that she's had uh, as a funeral director and as a death doula. Um, Death is one of those things that uh, we kind of shy away from, and it's hard for a lot of people to talk about. And I believe that's very cultural. Um, in our Western cultures, we kind of shy away from death, whereas in other cultures they embrace it. Um, so I guess one of the uh, the goals of this show today is to continue to normalize conversations that might um, be a little cringeworthy uh, per se, and uh, and find ways to openly talk about um, the things that are that we experience in life, the death, the um, the divorce. The separations, the misgivings, uh, everything in life, you know, they, they all have a place. And when we can find the place then we see the lesson and when we learn, when we learn lessons, we don't feel like time is wasted. So I hope I don't waste your time today. Hope you love this conversation. We'll see you on the other side. But first, a message from our sponsor. Our healing journey can be difficult. It might feel lonely at times. That's why I love sound baths. When we can get together in a community, we intrinsically support and feel supported by others. And that combined energy can help us go deeper into our own healing journeys. And all you have to do is just lay there for one hour and listen to beautiful healing sounds. I'm a sound healing practitioner, and I hold sound baths on a regular basis in the greater Seattle area. You can find my next sound baths on my website at adamrealhealing.com. That's Adam, A-D-A-M, Real, R-I-E-H-L, Healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G, dot com adamrealhealing.com. Your healing is worth your time. And now an uninterrupted podcast with Allison Frankie Dennis All right, welcome back. Uh, today I have a return guest, a dear friend of mine, Miss Allison, aka Frankie Danis. Uh, uh Frankie, so Frankie's been on, uh, the last time she was on, we, uh, we talked about um, her new profession that she stepped into, which is a death doula. Um, So we have birthing doulas and death doulas, and we'll get to the third doula later that I've (laughs) just made up in my head. Um, But, um, but so in death doula, that was something that I'd never heard until you brought that up. And now that you have another mutual friend, Michelle has gone through training. And it seems like that's a profession that is now getting some momentum and people are Mm -hmm. starting to uh, move towards that, which is fucking beautiful, right? And we'll go over what a death doula is in a minute, just to refresh. Uh, But you're also uh, with uh, your death doula work, you're also now a funeral director in a local funeral home. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's, <clears throat> I mean, sur- surrounded by death, more or less, yep. you know, from, uh, from your professional life. And that is, it's, that can be a very stressful kind of space to live in. It can be a sad space to live in. Um, but it's also, I think we need, and I don't mean strong in the way of like grit strong or like, a, you know, not, not, uh, acknowledging our emotion strong, but somebody that can, that's a strong human being that can hold space for somebody that's grieving and in our relationship that we've known each other for almost like 10 years now, almost mm-hmm. right? Eight years. That's crazy. I, right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Ooh. Cool. You're like one of my <laughs> oldest friends now. Yeah. Um, you know, in those, in that time I've seen you transform and, and from, you know, the human that I have first met during yoga to finding the passions that you now have and then exploring those passions and now working in that field mm-hmm. and helping these people, helping people, helping families, helping individuals, helping people that don't have people. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's one of the biggest hearts that I've seen, so thank you for thank having you. that beautiful heart, thanks, Adam. yeah yep. um, so with uh so it's been about what two years that you've been in the death doula like official kind of namesake yeah,
1: just about yep. about two years and at the funeral home directing about a year. A year now. God, it's already so. been a
0: year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so with... Uh, okay, so now stepping into both the death doula and the funeral director side, mm-hmm. which both are very different. You know, the death doula... Actually, why don't you explain? Do you mind sure. explaining just a quick refresh of what a death doula sure. is?
1: So death doula is like birth doula, except for this is geared towards the end of your life, someone to basically hold your hand through that. Mm. And that looks different for people. It's getting ready for the end of your life. Maybe it's planning for your funeral mm. and maybe it's planning for, um, the grief that you'll have when, mm. once you've um, experienced the loss yeah. kind of covers that whole umbrella.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. So whether, so let's say, uh, so I'll get to the whole crux of the story later, but my mm-hmm. mom just passed recently. Yeah. Um, now, fortunately for her, we had family around her always. Right there, there was family mm-hmm. around her to support her. So, if uh, if we requ- if we rec- requested a death doula in that sense, it would be more for the let's make sure that our paperwork's in line. Yeah. mom's death certificate, mom's will, mm-hmm. mom's blah blah blah, all the things, financial documents, yada yada.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Um. And so that's one layer of it. Now let's say that mom was passing and had nobody around her. Mm -hmm. Like the sons weren't there. She was alone. So another layer of that would be you basically taking on like hospice, not, not the hospice care, but being like the person to hold the hand while they're passing away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, just sit in there with them. Being in that space. I think it's, um. You think that there's all these things that you need to do at that, at that end of life. Mm-hmm. And your mom had all of you guys around you and your experienced with energy work and Reiki. So that's beautiful. But mm-hmm. in the event that someone doesn't have that kind of support, you know, just going and, and being with that person and mm-hmm. a simple touch to their arm is probably meaning the world, um, playing some music.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, mainly just being. Being there,
0: Hmm. yeah, and that's, you know, like I said, my mom. We we were lucky enough (laughs) to be able to to rally for my mom and be there with her. But even in those, there's there are a few moments where she didn't have somebody there, and it was maybe like an hour sometimes, like not a long time, and and just seeing like when somebody (laughs) finally came back in, like seeing the gratitude that she had, like oh my god, finally somebody's back, yeah, and and just thinking that there are people in those hospitals that have nobody that nobody is coming in to see them, to check on them, except for the nurses and the doctors. Mm-hmm. And as much as the nurses and the doctors can care and can love, there's a limitation on what they can do. Right. And so, and it's, it's terrifying. And so like, just like you said, mm-hmm. just a hand, a hand on the shoulder, yeah. a loving gaze in their eyes, a laugh at their joke. Yeah. You know, just to let them know that somebody, another human being is there with them.
3: Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hmm. That's oh man. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, so with my mom, uh, I'll just go into the story. We'll, we'll dive in a little bit deeper later mm-hmm. on, but, uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer back in February. And so it took about eight months for my mom to finally succumb to, uh, the, the cancer.
1: It seems like just yesterday. Oh,
0: fuck it does. I was in
1: that, um, circle with Monica. I gave her a flower crown that day and wow. she let us know. It just feels like it was yesterday. Yeah. Not a whole lot of time.
0: It No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't at all, you know, and, and, and. It, it's funny because there, there, there are times where it seems like it took five years and there's the times where it's like, God, it just, just fucking happened. Yeah. Um, so my mom was diagnosed with cancer in February and she put up a good fight. You know, she had lung cancer stage four. Uh, the biggest tumor was block- blocking, her bronchial tube on her left lung. So basically every time she tried to breathe, it would collapse her lung.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, by the time yeah. we found out that she had cancer, she had so much uh, fluid built up in her, her chest that it, um, pushed her heart out of her heart cavity. So she was in immense amounts of pain, and we couldn't figure out why. Now we now we uh, we wow. figured it out. So I got her in there, and, and she responded well to treatments. Put a catheter in, drained the f- the fluids a couple times a week. You know, mm-hmm. um, radio not radiation, but chemotherapy and, and then the the drugs that she was on was you know, managing the pain, managing the, the symptoms, and it seemed like everything was going well until July. She, uh, the, the, the drain tube stopped draining and they went in to readjust it. And then from there they basically found out that it spread to her heart and her bones. And, um, and so she chose to step away from treatment. She chose to say, look, I'm, I'm 69 years old. I lived a good Mm -hmm. life. She was a very loved human being. Um, she did a lot with the life that she had. She was a fucking powerhouse of a human. And, uh, and she chose to pass along on her own free will. And that was beautiful, right? I think that's a great and I want to use the word example because it's not like she was doing this to show that she could do it or to say, Hey, look, this is the way to die. But right. it was a beautiful way for her to choose. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times right now we don't have a lot of choice in whether or not we pass. Yeah. Um, and so that was a beautiful gift for me to be able to, to, to witness her, you know, leave yeah. in the, in that way. Um, but it, It was the first time that I was able to sit with somebody in their passing, you know, and when I've had people pass in the past, it was a phone call. Hey, sorry, this person died. And you're like, fuck. All right. So this is the first time, like I sat with my mom. Um, I didn't watch (laughs) the light go out. Um, I was in the house with her. And, uh, but, but yeah, it was, it was a very surreal experience, the whole thing. Um, So seeing that with her and, and being able to be there with her when she would wake up. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and I, and I laugh because there are, there are funny moments that happen when people pass and, and, you know, and I think we got to find a little bit of that humor in there to, to help us understand. Um, but there were times where my mom would, you know, she would wake up and from a nap or from sleep or whatever, and she'd wake up and she'd sit up and she'd be like, fuck. (laughs) This again? And I'm like, ah, fuck! I know, Mom. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're back. You're back with us. I don't know why. You know, I'm. I'm, I love the fact that you've opened your eyes again, but I also know that you're in a lot of pain and that this is not the place you want to be anymore. So, Uh, but to be there and to be able to like soften that blow of like, fuck, Mm -hmm. alive again. Like I'm. I'm ready to die. I've got cancer all over me. I'm bloated beyond fucking recognition. I don't want to be here. I'm not in my right constitution. I'm so hopped up on pain meds. I don't even fucking know my name.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but there she was,
1: Man.
0: you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So and she was in the home, right? We did in-home
0: hospice. We did, yes. Okay. Which was very, very beautiful.
1: So beautiful. Yeah,
0: it was very nice so to beautiful. be there with her. Uh, we exchanged uh, shifts, you know, yeah. on uh, the the three or four days preceding her uh, uh, her passing. And uh, yeah, and it was it was beautiful. It was it really was. But
2: but did your
1: your family that was around they all, did they all have that same feeling of being okay with, with her choice to, to go like, did you have anybody that was resisting that or were you all kind of on that same page of, okay, it's 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 what she wants. Um,
0: I can say on the (laughs) surface, everybody was agreeable with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think some people might have had some second, like, like, Oh my God, I can't believe that's happening. Uh, more of the sadness than the, uh, than the, uh, the judgment, I guess. Right. But, um, but yeah, most definitely there, there, you know, the, the levels of acceptance were very different. And, um, some of the things that, you know, we all, okay, so we all process things differently, right? We're all going to process mm-hmm. death differently yep. and nobody can force their process on somebody else. And I think that's one of the main things to learn about death and mm-hmm. the dramatics of death is that mm-hmm. just because you found peace with it, or you found some kind of understanding, or you've accepted it in some kind of way, doesn't mean that you can shove that down somebody else's throat and expect them to believe it and vice versa.
1: For sure. Right. And I know that, and you know that, but I can tell you as a human, it's hard. That little voice creeps up that says, there's gotta be something else we can do. Right. You know, there's another way. Right. So, yeah.
0: Okay. And there's, you know, one of the examples I have of that with my mom passing is, um, So when she did finally pass, um, we were, it was my, um, myself and Monica and my younger brother, Andy and his girlfriend, Crystal were in the house. And, um, and I had just come off the night shift with mom. It was pretty, pretty tough. You know, she, she fought for a little bit, you know, and there was definitely, definitely a lot of the signs of those last bits of life. Um, which if you've read about or if you've experienced, there's, um, that, that, surge of energy of like get the mm-hmm. fuck out of my mm-hmm. way i'm fucking living <laughs> i'm gonna fucking live and my mom like she almost threw me across the living room a couple times because i wouldn't let her go to the bathroom you know mm-hmm. and i'm like just mm-hmm. you have you have you know you have depends on mom you're gonna be fine and she's like get out of my and she's yeah. like like he-man strength, like pushing <laughs> me. like holy shit like waking up the house screaming help
1: help help
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh my god it's like three in the morning mom I'm like fucking hell <laughs>
1: I only met your mom one time, but that doesn't surprise me at all. Oh my god, it was it was, it was
0: very amusing, you know, in those yeah. moments. But but at the same time, like you know, so when she did finally pass, I was I was asleep in, uh, in in one of the rooms, and Monica had come in a couple times and was like, "Hey, things are happening. You know, it, I don't think there's much more time." And I remember rolling over and I was like, "Does she have the death rattle?" And that's that coffee kind of like rattly throat breath that, you know, yeah,
1: you don't have the strength anymore to swallow. So it kind of all just kind of gathers in the back. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: And so she had the death rattle and, uh, and I was like, all right, okay. And so Monica left the room and as, as important as I knew that it was, there was something that told me just, just get up and do your normal stuff today, Adam, you know? So i rolled out of mm-hmm. bed, went to the bathroom, brushed my teeth and I knew that my mom was passing. I knew that she was taking her last breath, but at the same time, I didn't feel a sense of urgency to need to be there and watch the mm-hmm. light go out or hold her mm-hmm. hand as she passed. Like I knew it was happening.
3: Yeah.
0: And so I, I finished morning routine and went out and you know, they were standing around her and she had passed. She, mm-hmm. she left and I went over there and I gave her a kiss on the forehead and squeezed her hand and just looked at her in those last yeah. moments and appreciated who she was and what she gave us and all that stuff. And, uh, and I, and I, and I felt okay. I, I, yeah. and I still do. I feel yeah. peaceful with that. And, um, so, but the way that my mom ended up passing technically was that she drowned because the fluids in her lungs weren't being drained. And eventually it just kept building and building and building and mm-hmm. she passed. Right. Yeah. And so, so if I look at that as contributing information into my emotions, if my mom drowned, I'm sad. Because that's suffering, right? And my mom, I don't want to picture one. I picture in my head, even though I've witnessed her in the bed, I picture drowning as like flailing in an ocean or a pool and like fighting for air, fighting for life, and like not wanting to go and all this stuff. But that wasn't who she was. That that wasn't what she exuberated at the end. Like she, like I said, she woke up and was like, "This fucking again," you know. Mm -hmm. So. That picture in my mind doesn't equate with the way that she passed. And so that information doesn't lead me to change my emotion around the way she passed. Whereas once one of my brothers found that out, it kind of sent him into a tailspin Mm -hmm. because, holy shit, my mom fucking drowned to death. Right. And again, that's information that can that you can do whatever you want with, right? But I'm not gonna go to my brother and be like, dude, it doesn't fucking matter. She's dead one way or the other. Right. That's callous. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. I would yeah. never jeopardize one our relationship, but also his emotions by not letting him process the way that he yeah. needs to process. Yeah. Right.
1: I don't know if there's any good way to go. It's just, um, yeah, drowning's no good. Right. I can't think of anything that sounds that great. When someone says they passed in their sleep, there's always something. It's not really like you passed in your sleep, right? Right. Something went, something went awry.
2: Right.
1: Um, I don't know. I've heard of drownings in the other way of that. They were peaceful. Mm. Maybe you've seen, seen them in the movies, right? Where you're just kind of drifting in water and you kind of, you see, start seeing lights and, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it, it doesn't sound easy.
0: No, no. I don't
1: think she had an easy way way to go at all.
0: Um, no, no. And um, yeah, I'll just I'll just continue on. We, we won't spend this whole time talking about my mom, but you know. No, the I most, wanted to
1: know. I've been wanting to yeah, to know the story. It's
0: the most recent yeah. thing on my mind right now uh, with yeah. this subject, and so, um, so with the, with again, like with the humor, right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't want to focus on the humor, but I want to make sure you realize, and people realize there is humor in in all moments of life. And, and with, with my mom, this isn't where the term came from, but this kind of solidified the term. Um, so my third doula that I've been experimenting with is called the joke doula. So we have death doulas and birth doulas, and I've developed this new thing called the joke doula. I love it. (laughs) So with the joke doula, the idea is that life has comedy around Mm -hmm. us. Like there's natural comedy in life, just with the way people act, the way people respond. Sometimes people trip and fall. Like there's just comedy Mm -hmm. around life. And so the joke doula's job is to just recognize the comedy and make it known to the world, Mm -hmm. right? Anybody can be a joke doula. Mm -hmm. There's no training, you know, you're just situational comedy. You look around and just like, you know, somebody just like said something funny. Right. And you're like, Hey, that's what she said. Mm-hmm. Like literally <laughs> she just said that. And you're like, "Ah, oh, hey, hey, that's a thing. Right. You know, then yeah. there's so many different opp- opportunities for joke doula doula. Yeah. Right. And so with my mom in her passing, um, you know, there were a lot of funny moments, a lot of beautiful moments. And, uh, she, so my mom was Catholic and she reverted. She wasn't really practicing during her, uh, adult life, but she kind of reverted back to it in those last year, last uh, moments. And, um, and she would wake up and do the Lord's Prayer all the time. Uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, hallowed be thy name. I don't remember it all, but she would go through that and over and over and over again. And it was like, okay, cool, Mom, pray. Yeah, pray pray to your God, pray to you know whoever's out there to save you and help you out. Speaking there, of the
1: Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. can I tell you something embarrassing that please. I'm totally willing to admit? Please do. So I was not churched growing up. Okay. Never went to church, ever.
0: I like that term, churched. Uh, That's yeah, great.
1: Not churched. Um, <laughs> so for the free... free The first few Catholic funerals that I had to put on, um, I basically had to memorize the Lord's Prayer. And Uh, when I told my boss that, that I didn't know it, he laughed out loud. I had to basically go home like homework and memorize the (laughs) Lord's Prayer. So thank God I can recite it now. But there's a lot of that that I had to just go home and learn because I had never, never learned it before. So anyways, there's a little embarrassing tidbit about my job and that.
0: Is, uh, so, is the funeral home that you work for? Is it a specific denomination? No. Okay. No. Nope. So it's not denominational, but okay. Nope so it's funny because my mom like when when we had a catholic service yeah and uh and it was you know i haven't been to a catholic church in forever and i forget like beautiful right it's beautiful it's great it's ordained it's there's like all this ritual and all this stuff but i forgot how much of like and i and i don't mean to offend any catholics out there but Mm -hmm. i forgot how much catholicism is like the hokey pokey of religions like you get up you sit down you kneel you shake Mm -hmm. your hands with the neighbor Mm -hmm. and you get the wafer of christ and you drink some wine and then you Mm -hmm. do the thing Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. arm out Mm -hmm. left right over down up down i'm like jesus christ no. know turn ourselves around <laughs> so um so there's all this like madness going on and my daughter is the first time they've stepped foot into a catholic church so they're looking at me like what the fuck is this crazy stuff and i'm like yeah i know right <laughs> and um but the the deacon that was running the service was probably one of the oldest acting deacons i've ever seen and um you bless his out. heart bless mm-hmm. his heart um but he uh it's it's almost like he was just like give me some bullet points and i'm just gonna riff oh,
1: from no. here
0: yeah so he uh Uh, it was, so my mom was survived by Aaron and then he paused and he looked at the paper and mumbled and he said, Matthew and then Andy. And I'm like, huh? So my middle name's Matthew. I don't know how he couldn't get Adam, but he could figure out Matthew. Okay. Well, that's the thing. Right. And then he talks about my mom and how my mom, um, was, uh, you know, part of the YMCA. She started the, the, the child development program. But he said that she started the camping program and that my mom loved to camp and that she took the kids out camping all the time. My mom fucking hated camping with a passion. Oh, Never went no. camping once in her life.
1: By the way, I'm the same way. Don't <laughs> like camping. Not a camper. Not a camper. I'll go in your RV. I will right? not be going right. in the tent. Give me some amenities and I'll be all right.
0: All right. But yeah, so he says this thing about camping and we're just like, by then it's like, oh God, oh, this is no. just just a comedy of errors. This is just fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, but my mom, she was uh, she was reciting the Lord's Prayer and uh, how, uh, Hail Mary Full of Grace, Hallowed Be Thy Name. The meeting today has been canceled. Amen. No. <laughs> like what the fuck? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then she would just like close her eyes and go to like, sleep. Uh, there was a so when you I You were
1: able to laugh at that? Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay, cool.
0: 100%. Cool. I would laugh my ass off at of that. Nice. Uh when I had the night shifts, um I the, I did two night shifts for my mom before she passed and um and so it'd be from like 10 p.m. till about three or four in the morning and and mainly, we just needed to be there, just so again, she wake up, she had somebody there, yeah. um, she wasn't confused, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But she was super restless. Um, there was uh, not a lot of sleep that would happen, and she would always wake up and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what I would do is um, I would sit next to her and chant. And so I would uh, sit in, in meditation next to her and meditate with her for hours, chant, OM, um, uh, mm-hmm. chant the um, the uh, medicine Buddha chant, and uh, and just you know try to find help her find peace. And it was beautiful mm-hmm. because I could see. The mantra is helping her. I can nice. witness that. Right. Yeah. And that was one of the first times that I've seen somebody in a very um, agitated state become calmed by the energy work that I do. Usually people mm-hmm. come to me and they might have some internal like angst going on, but it's not like physical movements and like can't get settled. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I could physically see this like helping my mom. Wow! And so it was beautiful. So I sat there for hours and I would just chant next to her and uh and so the second night i was in, in their chant next to her she uh she opens her eyes up she starts her prayer hair hey, like for full of grace and she can hear me oming i guess and she just like stops and i have my eyes closed i can hear her moving i can hear her talking but i wasn't looking at her and uh and, uh, and i hear just silence for a second and she goes what are you doing down there <laughs> And, uh, and I open my eyes, look up. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm chanting for you, mom. I'm meditating with you. And she goes, that's silly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she went back to sleep.
0: Like, oh, God damn it. Thank you, mom. Love this. <laughs> did
1: you ever, um, did you ever pull out the, uh, the sound bowls or anything like yeah. that? Yeah, we did.
0: Yeah. We, yeah. we took the Tibetan bowls down there with her, uh, a couple times, uh, once when she was in the hospital, twice when she was in the hospital. And then for the mm-hmm. last time when she was in home hospice and it helped a lot. It really did. Oh, I can imagine. You know, and it's. It's interesting whenever you start to experience something in your life, um, that might be challenging how much of that challenge manifests in your life. And once I found out that mom had cancer, I got, um, I started working with probably four or five clients that were in some kind of cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, and they came to see me for pain relief and it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Right. I'm going through this right now. I, I, I'm, I'm very empathetic to this type of modality and, uh, and, and, and helping out as much as I can. So yeah, it was, it was very beautiful to watch that. With tuning forks also helped a lot. Um, you know, any, cool. any kind of energy work was yeah. just, it was helping to soothe the pain and to take her out of that pain state.
1: And I'll point this out. I think I did this last time too on your podcast. You recognize that you're the doula in that scenario, right? Mm, I
2: do. I remember wonder if that. this is going
1: to turn into something for you, maybe more of, um, I don't know, would you like to be in that space with, you know, with people that are at their end and you can provide sound and...
0: I really would. I really would, yeah. and I and I and I feel that when yeah. I, uh, you should when we well when we went to the hospital and we brought him into the hospital, the nurses were f- like just bonkers over. It. They're like, "Oh my yeah. god, that's what you do? Can yeah. we have a sound bath?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, man! Yeah. You guys work your ass off, you know. gave <laughs> a little sound bath to the nurses, cool. you know, and they're in their nurse station." Cool. Um, so yeah. yeah, I do see place being made for these alternative modalities, and I feel it being welcomed too. Yeah. Whereas before. Maybe some of these medicines and practices have been shunned, but what I'm seeing also too, and again, with my mom's, my mom's recent experience is that the doctors that we worked with, no offense to the doctors, but they were shit, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they, they were afraid to look, look people in the eye. Mm -hmm. They were afraid to give actual advice. Um, They're afraid to just speak really, you know, and it was, it was the nursing staff, the support staff. That were the honest ones that said, "Hey, look, this is not going to fucking end well. You should start mm-hmm. preparing. You should start looking at different things. You should maybe yeah. look at this as an alternative medical part. You know, uh, uh, help. You know, yep. and uh, and so I think a lot of the nursing staff." are very open to the ideas of alternative healing modalities. Whereas the doctors might be set in their ways because of whatever they're, they're having to go through, whether it's insurance and, you know, mm-hmm. malpractice and blah, 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 whatever it is. But like, it was just, it was pretty astounding to see how standoffish Maybe it's all doctors those years were. of schooling that too, just you know, socially awkward you know, yeah. and don't even know how to like be yeah, a human who knows? anymore. You know? Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, Mm -hmm. I, I think in this, in these moments where I, where I found a lot of strength sitting with my mom and, and after, you know, the conversations with you and Michelle now, like, I think that would be something I would definitely be okay with.
1: And that's just, I feel like an illustration of everybody's role. I feel like the doctor's role is just that not necessarily to come in with their. You know, advice. With their bedside manner, which has kind of gone away. Like biologically, keep your mom going, right? Fix the things that are broken. In Uh, my eyes, anyways. Okay. And then I do feel like the nurse is kind of that role of comfort, and then you're there as Uh you have your own role of healing. Okay. So I just think that's everybody playing their roles right there. That's their dharma, right? I like that. That's their dharma.
0: I like that a lot.
1: Doctors, doctors trying to fix it. Yeah. You're there to heal. Nurses are just there to kind of hold your hand along and support, the way. support, yeah. Go nurses. They're I are Fuck yeah. man,
0: the nurses are, I've, I've just got so much love and respect for mm-hmm. the nursing staffs and support yep. staffs in hospitals. Yeah. But that's a really good point, you know, but I, you know, I think that would work if we could, we could define that
1: and yeah. say,
0: hey, look, okay, so we see this is the <laughs> way things are going now. Let's just delineate this shit and say, hey, look, you're responsible for this. You're mm-hmm. responsible for this. You're responsible for this. But end of the day somebody is responsible for making sure that human feels loved and supported yeah right whoever the fuck it is somebody's got to make sure that person feels loved and supported because we don't want to be scared and we don't want to be fearful and we don't want to be feel alone in those last moments of life yeah you know it's already lonely you know we come into this world alone we leave this world alone so if we can have some support around us in some kind of way like yourself like the delineation of duties uh for for uh, hospital staff you know whatever that might be yeah yeah
1: if I go before you, Adam, I request a sound bath. Deal. Also, heavy dose of psychedelics, Deal. You know, psilocybin. Yeah.
0: That's, and that's, uh, so thank you for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the work that's been done around psychedelics and what they help us with, um, psychedelics, especially psilocybin, has been shown to really help people with end-of-life acceptance. Yeah. So when you're afraid of the disease that you've contracted, or the sickness that's going to take you, or um, something of that nature, where you're you're knocking on that door, psilocybin mm-hmm. has been shown to very be very beneficial to show you that hey, it's okay, yeah, you're okay, you're gonna be just fine. It's gonna be sad for the people that stick around, but you're on a brand new fucking journey, yeah. and that's gonna be really really yeah. interesting.
1: It's hard to describe it, right? You just it's one of those things you have to. You have to experience it. And then you're like, oh yeah, that would really work for end of life. You just, (laughs) yes, yeah, yeah. they are using it more and more for, um, end of life healing. So that's exciting.
0: That's really exciting. Yeah, it's really good. There's a, something that came up when I was thinking about that. I was actually meditating right before you came over. And, um, so right now I'm reading a book called the Mahabharata and, um, it's the parent book for the chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. It's right. so a mm-hmm. Bhagavad Gita, a very mm-hmm. popular Hindu yeah. text. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so the Mahabharata is the, the epic of which that, that chapter comes from. And it talks a lot about, um, it's basically a story between uh, the Pandavas, which are these um, holy, righteous um, kings and, and brothers. There's five of them. And then there's the Kauravas, which are the cousins of the Pandavas. And they're a little more nefarious, a little more shady, you know, yada, yada. And there's a bunch of them. And so basically the Mahabharata is the, is a, it's like a morally backed story about how the Karavas keep screwing over the Pandavas and how the Pandavas are staying righteous with their, um, the, the, the holy merits that they hold. And, you mm-hmm. know, they, um, uh, they get duped out of their kingdom, even though it was a shady deal. They said, okay, cool. Like, we'll take it. We'll leave. We'll, we'll be exiled for 13 years. That's totally fine. But in 13 years, we come back, we get our, we get our place back. Right. Didn't happen. The, the Pandavas and Karavas go to war, which is where the Bhagavad Gita comes into, and the Bhagavad Gita is basically Arjuna, which is one of the five brothers, the, the Pandavas, um, and Krishna, who in this story, Krishna is a charioteer, he, uh, he is believed to have some powers but he is hiding those powers he's not known as the the venerable one right Mm -hmm. um and so the bhagavad-gita is a story about how arjuna is riding out in between the two warring sides before the war starts and basically is lamenting about having to kill his family he's like what the fuck man i don't want to do this This is bullshit they can have it i don't want it i'd rather have my cousins right Mm -hmm. my uncles you know all this Mm -hmm. shit and basically krishna says hey look uh, and I'm paraphrasing. Please don't just take this as, as gospel. <laughs> this is very, very paraphrased. Uh, Krishna basically is like, hey, look, dude, some people just deserve to die. Right? And and it's not the fact that you're killing them. You're freeing them of their, their negative dharma that they've accrued in this lifetime.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So the reason I bring this up is throughout this entire book, throughout the Mahabharata, and you can read the Ramayana. You can read um, not even just spiritual texts, but like things from medieval times, things from um, basically before the Industrial Revolution happened. We had things where there was a a way to die with honor right so let's say that I'm living in okay so just an example from this book right from the Mahabharata you have um, Yudhisthira, which is the 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 king like the head of the five brothers the five Pandavas he uh, he shames like he he does something to shame his name so he says you know what I don't deserve to live I'm gonna go into this battle and die in this battle okay so in a way, in the past, we've had ways for people to end their lives in a quote-unquote dignified way with mm-hmm. honor, right? With mm-hmm. If you die in battle, you die with honor. Vikings had that, if you die mm-hmm. in battle, you go to Valhalla. Yep. If you don't die in battle, you're not gonna go to Valhalla. So they were always battling and they were hoping to die in that battle. Yep. So in today's day and age, I mean, we're just now getting back to the point to where there's that death, death with dignity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Kevorkian got in trouble in the 90s for that, you know, he was administering people's uh, basically death with dignity without consent from the federal government, but he was helping people that were in mass amounts of pain die, right? And so in the past, again, like we've had these honorable ways for people to say, you know what, I'm ready to die. I fucked up. I'm not honorable. I'm not whatever it is. I'm ready for whatever it is. (laughs) I'm going to go into this battle and I'm going to fight until I die. Like we don't have that anymore. But now we look down yeah. on people that want to remove themselves from their life, right? Yeah. From whether it's dishonor or just tiredness of living or whatever it is, we've taken that option of that honorable death away. Yeah. And I, and I think that kind of confuses a lot of people because you know, a lot of these books and a lot of these, these, these practices have been around for thousands of years and have been like kind of passed down, passed down the DNA of these ideas. Right. And we've inherited that, right. Just like we're afraid of snakes and we're afraid of spiders that's inherited DNA, you know, shit from back in the day. Mm -hmm. So we've inherited this idea that, you know, we have the right to pass. We have an honorable way to die, but we've taken that away from society. And so I think there might be some confusion around death too, because, Like, we just have to sit here and wait now. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to sit here and wait until it's done. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay, we're just doing this again, Mm -hmm. right? And so, and I'm not saying that into saying that I'm okay with suicide or I'm I'm okaying a way to to, uh, take your own life. But with the resurgence and the ideas of death with dignity, which I know California is a death with dignity state and there's a smattering coming across, you know, we're finally getting to the point where people can choose to die like we used to be able to. Yeah we've gone through hundreds of years now where people have just like had to sit there on their hands and be like, well, if I kill myself, that's a sin. Mm-hmm. Right. But in a way in the Mahabharata, which is a very religious book, it's honorable and it's sinful not to die in a fight. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it, you have to die in a fight, right? Yeah. You have to die with honor. Yep. So I don't know. There's just, a, there's, there's a bit of confusion around death in general and Definitely. how we accept it as a society and how we, we embrace it. And in a way, no wonder a lot of people are afraid of it. Yeah. You know, we just don't know what to do with it anymore.
1: Yeah. You got advancement of medicine, which is a big one. Mm -hmm. You just feel like you got to keep fixing it and go until you can go no more. Um,
2: which is interesting
0: because I mean, a lot of the medicines too, that we have now, let's take like Tylenol, right? I have a headache, body aches. Let me take some Tylenol, Mm -hmm. ibuprofen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I've read a study not too long ago that, uh, you know, cause Tylenol and ibuprofen have been around for close to a hundred years now, a little less than a hundred years. And, um, uh, acetaminophen, which is the, the key ingredient in Tylenol bear aspirins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they found that overexposure of that chemical of that medicine, I guess, causes the dilution of your senses. And that's not just oh, wow. like how you see, smell, taste, feel. That's also how you how empathetic you are, how compassionate mm-hmm. you are. And it dulls the sense of um, empathy. It dulls the sense of compassion. Right. And so like, and people are taking that stuff like candy daily. Multiple times And you're times saying a day. this
1: is like a permanent change, not just a change that you have while you're, while you're uh,
0: taking this? I or? don't remember. Actually, you know what? That's I don't interesting. remember the, the full study if it, if it, if it lingers or if it stops mm-hmm. after you've stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, I'll have to, definitely have to look into that, but we have all these medicines and all these things now that mask, these symptoms that we have or that prolong our life, um, and I mean,
1: but they got the side effects, right? Yeah, I right, know,
0: there's the side effects, yeah. but also there's the i mean, I don't want to sound callous or, or or you know, but why do you want to stick around for that long? Yeah. You know, like there's people, there's there's trans, there's the the, the transhumanist movement, mm-hmm. right? And there's variations mm-hmm. of there's transhumanists that. Want to find some kind of medicine that will prolong life, that'll stop the degeneration of cells, that will mm-hmm. you know just help us live longer. Yeah. There's the transhumanists that want to somehow either merge with artificial intelligence, where like I upload my consciousness into some bot mm-hmm. and then I can live forever. Body dies. Um, I mean, there's Oculus right now where you're wearing a pair of glasses that has like an upfront screen that says, like, yeah. if I walk in front of Frankie and all of a sudden it says, hey, Frankie, here's her Facebook profile. She's dating Morgan, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, all these things about Frankie. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck, you know? So there's like this transhumanist movement. But the, the question that I keep hearing and I, that I, the, the one that I haven't really found an answer for yet is, what are we going to do with everybody if they can live till 150 or never die, right? Do we yeah. extend... Uh, retirement age to the age of 120. What are we going to do with people for these extra 40, 50, 60, 70 years? Do we have the the job structure to, 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 f- to fuel this economy with these, these extra people sticking around? And If they are sticking around after the age of 80, are we going to improve the quality of life Mm -hmm. of what 80 plus is going to be so that they can actually appreciate these older, older years? Or are you just Mm -hmm. going to keep deteriorating in some kind of way until you're just this like, hook them up
1: to a machine for the next 30 years. exactly.
0: You know, so again, I'm not trying to be callous or anything, but like, yeah, it comes back
1: to your, the question of what's your relationship with death.
2: Right. Right.
1: Are you going to hold on until you're 130 (laughs) Yeah, hooked up to whatever, taking whatever medicines Mm -hmm. Um, and where, where is that line of, um, like how bad does life have to get before you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. Right. You know?
0: Right. There's actually, there's a, there's a show I watched not too long ago on Netflix called The Sandman. It's an interesting show, metaphysical kind of stuff, you know, and the, it's basically about like the, the Sandman, the, the mysterious, you know, the guy in your dreams and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Right. And so The Sandman, um, encounters this this human that wishes to live forever and he convinces the sandman to say okay yes i'm going to grant you that i'm going to let you live forever but Mm -hmm. the sandman was like we're going to meet here every 100 years exactly every 100 years we're going to meet in this bar or in this space if there's not a bar here and i'm going to check in with you because i think eventually you're going to be like fuck (laughs) this this is bullshit i want to fucking die Mm -hmm. So, first two two times they met, they come back and the guy was like rich as shit. He was just fucking living it up. <laughs> had women, had wine, all the things, all the gold, all the stuff. Third time they met up, the guy was just disheveled. He was just disheveled. He didn't want... He was had no money. He had no nothing going on. He lost mm-hmm. everything. He was homeless. And the Sandman was like, all right, so cool. You want to die now? Mm -hmm. And he's like, fuck no, man, I got my whole life to turn this shit back around. Right. I can keep going. I'm never going to die. This is just a down downturn. Right. And so like the next time they met, he was a fucking, he was a, you know, a politician of some sort, you know, he had all this power and blah, blah, blah. And so it was just really interesting to see it from that aspect, because for myself, like there's no fucking way I want to live forever in this life. That Whatever happens outside of this life. I don't know. I can't speak to that because I don't fucking Mm -hmm. know. But in this life that I'm living now, I don't want to live forever. I don't have a desire to, I don't want to die tomorrow. Right. But I'd be okay Mm -hmm. if I did. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be sad, you know, Mm -hmm. miss my kids. My kids would miss me, whatever. Miss you, Monica, all these things. Right. But what's next? Yeah. You know, I do Mm -hmm. believe there is a next, right? So Mm -hmm. why would I want to just hold on tight to this fucking lesson filled life right? Filled with all these fucking mm-hmm. lessons, these arduous lessons that we have to learn and then learn over because we forget. I got the goddamn word remember <laughs> tattooed on my fucking fingers. So I stopped forgetting <laughs> the fucking messages, but I still do. Right? So why do we want to stay in this idealistic kind of idea of a world yeah. when, when in all honesty, like most of us are fucking miserable a lot, you know, and it's
1: fascinating. I find sometimes you're having a good day and and feels like stars are aligned and life's like things are falling in place. And I feel like those are the times where it's easy to get so attached. You want to hang on so tightly, just like when you're meditating and you've gone numb Mm. and you feel blissful. This is great. I want to stay here forever. And then it's interesting how things can take a turn real quickly. You're in this really dark spot and Mm -hmm. those thoughts start to creep up of like, you know what? If I were to go right now, I don't, I don't know if I'd fight very hard. So it's just kind of interesting how we go on this whole roller coaster of feeling helpless and wanting to die and then holding on and not wanting to go. So it's just that balance. Mm, And
0: that is interesting.
1: And a question I like to think about a lot too, and this, they did this in our death doula training is, is, um, so let's say you lose your limbs. Mm -hmm. Do you still want to stick around? Mm, okay. You lose your eyesight. You know, you start, I start to, sometimes I'll contemplate how far would I have to go before I'm like, I don't want to experience this life anymore. Right,
0: right.
3: Yeah. Interesting. And it
1: changes, by the way. It always changes. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, you know, if I can't taste, I'm out of here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I fucking love food. Right, exactly. If that's gone, I'm done. I can't taste my pizza, then get fucked. I'm out. <laughs> but, um, What's empowering though is the choice. Like you said, the, the dying with dignity is that if you are so miserable that you, that, you know, if you're not getting anything out of, out of this life anymore, you should be able to make that choice.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're uh, hopefully we can get to a place to where that is accepted more nationwide and worldwide. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in, in there's in, you know, the, for those that might not have um, looked into the death with dignity kind of ideas, there, it's not like you can just go and be like, hey, ready to die, ready to go. I'm going to no. die today. Like, let's let's do this. No. Give me the drugs. You know, there's a lot of processes. You have to meet it's with psychiatrists. You have yeah. to make sure that like, what's, uh, you know, what have you done so far? What are you yeah. passing from if you are passing? Yeah. Like, there's a lot more of like... Than,
1: uh, yeah, and more than one doctor has to approve that. Right. Yep. It one of the difficult.
0: the interesting things with that though, and I've, I've, this is the only person I've, and I don't know him personally. I know him by proxy, but, um, a mutual friend of ours, uh, not you and I, mm-hmm. but a mutual friend of mine and then another buddy, um, his dad chose to do the death with dignity. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was California, but I know they live up in the Washington area. So I don't know if it was Washington or somewhere else, but, mm-hmm. but basically, um, so he was able to do it. Dad was able to, to you know, get the death with dignity uh, okay. But the thing that kind of threw me off about the process was that his so our buddy had to be the one to administer the drugs to his father. Hmm. I don't know if people are ready for that step yet to be the one to administer the medicine for the family member to pass.
1: My understanding was that. In me i don't know yeah. i don't know mm-hmm. obviously i'm not a doctor but my understanding was that if you want to um use the dying with dignity you have to administer administer yourself that was my understanding yeah. and so i Is didn't that... know that oh yeah okay, that's yeah. the thing
0: yeah. yeah so yeah so this this gentleman's son our friend had to yeah. give his dad the medicine to so oh, he could to die. then do
1: it himself yes, exactly oh, okay. Okay.
0: Okay. I, I thought there was going to be okay. like a doctor, a nurse, a hospice yeah. representative, a somebody yeah. there to be like, okay, hey, homie, like it's
1: mm-hmm. time for
0: you to go. Mm-hmm. Like, here's your medicine, here's your injection, whatever it is. But no, yeah. So it, okay. it, it all fell on the relative, I see, or the I person see. that's okay. that's passing. And you're
1: saying so this is a step before that? Yeah, before he actually administers the the drug. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so like I didn't know that. There wasn't going to be a medical professional involved, professional involved in the administration of the, the medicine, hmm. and that I didn't know that either. Yeah, that that I, you know, like again, like I I agree with people being able to make that choice for themselves, but for them to be like, hey, uh, hey, wife of fifty years, um, I need you to kill me, I need you to give me these medicines and take take me out. Whew, that's a lot. Whew. Holy shit, man! Like son, daughter, best friend. Hey, random death doula because I can't find anybody else to do this. Right. Come and give me these medicines and watch me die. That's, you know, it's like, it's like we've gotten it half right.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) We've gotten the option now, but we're afraid of the process.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. And so I, I don't know. I hope that there's some work done around that to help, um, soften that whole experience for everybody. Because I think that's like, we need it. We, we need the options. Um, but
1: and most ha- importantly, don't, don't judge it. Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. I'm not
1: going to judge anybody until, and boy, I, I'm really dreading the day that I have to even d- start to make that decision, but right. you know, don't judge anybody's decision.
0: Re- exactly. Yeah. You know, we, we never know where people are at, you know, we don't know what people no. can handle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so with the, uh, the idea of having to administer that, that either drug to yourself or to a loved one. Um, right now, like people have so much of an issue, even sitting with their animals as they pass. Like, let's yeah. say I have to put my, my olive down, right? My dog. Mm-hmm. I've, I've already dedicated to that, that animal, that being that I'm going to be there with her. I'm going to look in her eyes as she passes away. Yeah. If she asked if we have to put her to sleep, I'm going to be there in that room with her. I'm going to yeah. fucking hold that space with her. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that like, good, look at me. Hey, go me. I'm fucking able to deal with, deal with that. No, not at all. Right. But I, I feel like I owe Olive that, right? Like she's my, one of my best friends in this world and has been for 13 years now. So I will be with her when she passes, but there are people that that aren't ready to hold that space and to be there Mm -hmm. and to, to witness their animal, their cat, their dog, their, their fucking fish right passing. And so, in this, in this world, we can't even sit with our, our beings that can't speak to us and watch them pass. But we're expected to administer a, a, a fatal drug to our, our loved ones to, mm-hmm. to help them leave this world.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. There's again, like, I just think there's, yeah. there's just a separation, you mm-hmm. know? And it's okay. Yeah. It's
1: okay to not want to, to see it. But I think it, yeah. it all boils down to this conversation right here. Um, have you had this conversation before? I think it, you know, it starts when you're young. you, yeah. just, you probably your pet that passes away is your first experience of major loss. Right. So I think it really matters how, I don't know, how that looks. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Was it part of your life growing up? Did you, yeah. Were you able to talk about it? With were you parents? sheltered from it? Right. Did right. you have
1: somebody that was willing to, to tell you to look at it right. or to, to face it, mm-hmm. to, to sit with it, to feel it?
0: Did you have you uh, Did you have people pass early on in your life when you were younger?
1: Yeah. Impactful uh, people. Yep. Okay. My dad when oh, I was right. uh, when I was six. That's right. So. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yep. that's a, that's a hard one. Yeah. I. Uh,
1: my mom was just telling me on the phone yesterday too that she's like Allison, I always taught you to just feel it all. So and she was like that and maybe that's why I'm comfortable in this conversation now as an adult is because yeah. from the from that day my mom told us to you know to feel it mm. we just we felt it. That's we cute. still do. Yeah. We'll still just call and cry on the phone together and and say, you know, what we miss or mm. what we wish or we, we imagine what life would look like today. Yeah. But um yeah, shout out to my mom who always just she felt it all. Sometimes it was embarrassing, but <laughs> you know, she'd just, you know, if she felt like she needed to cry, she'd she'd cry and um yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I, you know, and I, I respect that, you know, mm-hmm. embrace the human, uh, spectrum of emotions, you yeah. know, yep. uh, there's a, there's a psychiatrist that I follow. I think it's Nicole Lepera, but it might be spacing me off the top of my head. But, um, she, uh, one of the things she says is that the most, uh, emotionally adjusted human beings in this world are toddlers. Because yeah. they'll let you know yeah. every time. They don't hide shit. Hey, I'm fucking happy. Look at me. <laughs> yes. I'm screaming. I'm running around. With my shirt off. Now I'm crying. I'm sad. Yes. You just took my Oreo away from me. Get mm-hmm. fucked. You know, right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> you always know how that mm-hmm. four year old feels. Mm-hmm. They're not hiding shit. Right. Yeah. And I think I I respect that. You know, yeah. like I don't think we need to be as like brandishing with our emotions as maybe that is. But but you know, but not hiding them. And be like, hey, you know what? I'm fucking pissed right now. Yeah. This just happened. Yeah. Right. And embrace that. Hey, I'm sad. I'm happy.
1: You might be taught that you're supposed to kind of grow out of that, right? Grow out of your emotions, kind uh, of. Yeah. But um, I think that's a dangerous thing, right there, of trying to to block those out. Yeah. Yep. You know. Definitely. If you kicked and screamed on the floor, right now Adam, may, <laughs> I might judge you a little bit. But also, <laughs> we're all just we're all just children, really. Right. You know.
0: Yep. Definitely.
1: We get bigger, but we have. You know, we're children.
0: Uh-huh. And yeah. especially if you haven't done yeah. self-work, the, the, oh, the, the yeah. child, of the yes. ego child is running your ship. And I'm yeah. sorry to be the one to tell you sure. that. And for even sure. when you just start yeah. doing the work, the, the ego child is mm-hmm. still running the ship. Mm-hmm. It's just now you're aware of it. And you're like, fuck, stop mm-hmm. it, four-year-olds. <laughs> God damn it. Let the human drive the meat suit for yeah. now. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so when I, was, when I was growing up, like, I don't. I, so my, my growing up was a little different with death. I don't remember people passing away that were impactful in my life at a young age.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but we had, uh, where I grew up, there was more of like, um, not, well, there, there were people that had passed, but there was more like violent crimes mm-hmm. around us. And so it wasn't necessarily that like, Oh, so-and-so just died. It was like, Oh shit. So-and-so got shot in the leg yesterday. It's like, fuck. All right. That's crazy.
1: Where was us Texas,
0: down in Houston. Okay. Um, you know, so we didn't have a lot of like personally, I personally didn't experience a lot of death um, growing up, but um, I remember one of the first impactful people that passed away. And the reason why I want to go through this is like, I I want my people, I want y'all to know out there that like, yes, I'm handling my mom's death in a very healthy way in my opinion, but it hasn't always been that way. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the peaceful practices that I've, that I've developed over the past 10 12 years has helped me get to the point to where I can accept my mom's death and be able to talk about it without crying. Mm -hmm. Um, but the first two impactful people that passed away in my life that were um, just just had a, one was basically like a brother slash dad and the other was my dad. Um, so I, uh, a friend of mine uh, named Les, um, who was a bouncer at one of the nightclubs I worked at, it was a behemoth of a man, just like 6'10", this gigantic man, 380 pounds, like big bear paws, right? I'd go up and uh, when we get to work and go give him dabs and I'd have to put out two hands to get his one big bear paw in there, right? <laughs> Just a beautiful human. I loved him to yeah. death. He was such a sweet man. He was, uh, I knew him for about four years before he passed and he, um, he had sleep apnea and just died in his sleep. And, and I remember how, how much that hurt me. And yeah. cause he was, he was like, not only was he the kind of the face of the restaurant that we worked at, like he had just been there for so long. People knew him. He's this gigantic man. Of course mm-hmm. you fucking know less. Everybody <laughs> knew less but he just had this beautiful softness about him and he was so big. Nobody fucked with him. And he just used that to his advantage, but he was like the yeah. softest, sweetest man. <laughs> and yeah. I remember when he passed, um, I was standing in my backyard and, and, uh, I got the phone call and how I, how old
1: were you? Do you remember? 24,
0: 25, okay. 25.
2: Yeah.
0: Just had Peyton. Um, and, uh, and I was, and I, and I was on a portable phone, which mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, so 2005 mm-hmm. yeah, before cell phones are mm-hmm. prevalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was on my cordless phone outside <laughs> within range of my, <laughs> uh, my home base. Uh, and, uh, and I remember getting the call and throwing the phone against the fence. It was like, fuck. And, uh, and my way of dealing with that then was I went and started drinking and, uh, and you know, a number of years later, my dad passed away. And very similarly, you know, it, 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 but with my dad, it didn't catch me off guard. Uh, th- There's a lot of guilt around myself and my dad passing because I knew he was sick. Uh, he had been in the hospital for probably six, six eight weeks um, leading up to his death. And I was in Washington. He was in Texas. I just kept feeling like I had time. And uh, and then he died. And uh, and I didn't get to see him before he passed. And that fucking ate me up. Yeah. And, uh, and so again, just dove into the bottle, started drinking a lot. And that's, you know, I think a big catalyst for me to, uh, r- uh remove myself from the relationship that I was in with, uh, my, my daughter's mother's, my daughter's mm-hmm. mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and just didn't, didn't deal with that in a healthy way either. And, uh, and the fact of uh, not being there for my dad really ate at me for a long time. Like it really guilted me for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I also think that, <clears throat> um, you know, my dad's passing and my inability to deal with that subconsciously drove me to find more peaceful practices in a way oh yeah, and find yoga For and sure. find meditation and For find sure. um, healing plant medicines and, and just like basically yeah. what I'm dealing with and what I, what I utilize now in my practices. And, and I tell people this a lot, you know, um, like these peaceful practices help like, the. Uh, I can, I can look at from my dad's passing to my mom's passing. I was very much closer to my mom than my dad. Um, I had just a beautiful relationship with both my parents, but much again, much more with my mom than my Mm -hmm. dad. She was around longer than my dad. So I had that opportunity. So when my mom passed and when it was leading up to it, I I was very aware of like, okay, this could, this could crush me. This Mm -hmm. could really crush me. And it hasn't. And I've been really appreciative of that. And I, I again, I qualify, qualify a lot of that to the peaceful practices that I have, but I say that to say this, um, build your peaceful practices now when you don't fucking need them.
1: Yes, we're always
0: going to need them. Something's going to go sideways mm-hmm. in your life, right? Somebody's yep. going to die. Something's going to go wrong in your life. Somebody's actually.
1: Gonna, everybody's going to die.
0: Everybody's going to die, right? Exactly. Just like everybody, everybody poops, around you, yeah. Everybody dies. It's right? true. Exactly. It's true. So build your peaceful practices now when you have the time and you have the brain space, you have the 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 the, the wherewithal to actually appreciate what you're doing instead mm-hmm. of being in that the, those moments of grief of, of solitude of just remorse and then saying like, Oh, now I'm going to go try to sit and build a meditation practice (laughs) and sit in silence for 10 minutes and not think about how much I miss the person and how much I want to not be here because that person's Mm -hmm. not here, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever stories in your fucking head, right? Build your peaceful practices now because you're going to need them. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean like go, go, Pray, go sit and meditate. Your practices are yours to build, right? You, the way you find health and you find relief mm-hmm. and you find peace is going to be different than me. Like it can be yeah. CrossFit for you where it's yoga for me. It can be sprinting up a fucking mountain, <laughs> right? For mm-hmm. you where it's sitting in meditation for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's whatever it is, but have mm-hmm. your peaceful practice, build that shit.
1: Yeah. You're going to need it. Yeah. Mindfulness, maybe Mindfulness. more specifically. Maybe yes. not, you know, I don't want to say one's better than the other. I've noticed though. Um, so... And I asked you if you had yoga with your dad's passing Mm -hmm. only because something that I've connected is with my yoga practice they always teachers will always tell you like this practice that you're doing is you know carry it on with you outside of this room right and you do because then you're in these um these moments of grief or whatever it is anger Mm -hmm. and if you can relate that to how you're on your mat and you're in plank pose (laughs) And you hate it, Mm -hmm. and you want out of it, and if you can just learn to be with it Mm. and breathe and just just be, you know. Yes, I've noticed a. a, It's just uh, yoga. Yep. it changed my life.
0: It does. Most definitely helps me,
1: uh, deal with life for yeah. sure. So,
0: and that, you know, that actually brings up <laughs> a really good point. Um, we, uh, yeah, I have a friend of mine, Ian, that, that we talk a lot about how, uh, at least people in the West, we, we have an inability to sit with sensation now.
3: yeah,
0: We want things to be, we're, we're always thinking about that next thing. Right. And so whether mm-hmm. it's intense, good sensations, intense, bad sensations, we just want them done and we want to move yep. on to the next thing. So, Sitting with that sensation. and I think that to your point, that's one of those things yoga taught me was yeah. to sit with sweat pouring into my eyes, <laughs> burning with like no tomorrow, my front quad shaking. <laughs> Like a martini and a fucking shaker, you know, just willing yeah. the teacher to open yeah. the fucking door yeah. and to let us take a break. Just please hear my voice inside my fucking head, but I'm still holding the pose mm-hmm. and there's still water going to my eyes mm-hmm. and I can barely breathe, mm-hmm. but I'm waiting. And all of a sudden yeah. downward dog, you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Thank you. God, oh my God. You know, but yeah, to that point, you know, we're yeah. learning how to sit with those sensations. Yeah. And you great. get to
1: a point where you can then watch your mind and see where it goes when you're in chair pose or whatever pose that's making you sweat in your eyeballs and you're praying to God that you'll soon be in a different pose. Uh-huh. But yeah, when you're able to, um, it, it's been years to get, you know, probably same for you. You don't just go to yoga a couple of times and discover this <laughs> mindfulness, but you, over years of practice, you begin to like watch your mind where it goes, mm-hmm. um, really tough when you're in the midst of grief. Um, but the more that you can, like you said, practice now and get ready for it because it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Things are, things are going to go wrong.
0: Yeah. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, so, okay. I've, I've loved this talk. Uh, the last thing I really want to talk about is, um, so I love tattoos Mm-hmm. very tattooed person mm-hmm. um, I think uh, when people ask me now how many tattoos I have, I just say one mm-hmm. right it's just a tattoo right yeah. uh, but one of the things I do love is uh tribute tattoos and for people that have passed in my life and um and i I feel a lot of uh love and and uh, and comfort when I look at my tattoos that that are for somebody that have passed away <clears throat> and um so I mentioned less earlier less um behemoth of a man you know just gigantic man and one of the things he used to do when I would walk into work is uh he'd always call me big real what's up big real and he'd hold up this gigantic first finger and again it's like a bear paw this gigantic (laughs) finger and he'd be like you're number one boy one I'm like I fucking love you less so I got his hand with the number one tattooed on my chest <clears throat> and under underneath it says remain in position instead of rest in peace remain in position. Cause he was mm-hmm. always in position. Like he was, he was a head bouncer. Like that man saved my ass. Like he literally saved my ass multiple times and wow. it wasn't that I was starting a fight, but you know, we would, we would have to break up fights and
3: yep.
0: blah, blah, blah weapons here and there. And, and less like that the man literally saved my life a couple times. Um, there was a there was a gentleman named Chaz that I worked with in a in a restaurant after that and um, I remember there was a shift. It was Valentine's Day and the the restaurant I worked at we were busy as shit and we had sold all these packages and so we were packed like the whole like eight hours of just nonstop turning cinemas, delivering food. I mean we put out probably like fifty thousand dollars worth of sales that day, which is huge for that restaurant
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and I remember Chaz. Running around, running around, running his little ass off, and 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 you know, and I remember after after uh, the rushes all ended, we were all like, "Yes, we fucking did it!" And I looked at Chaz, and he had this like bright, bright red face, and um, and it, and it, he didn't, I I, sh- I huh, should have, um, I didn't ask if he was okay, but my gut was like, "There's something wrong with that dude." I should ask if he's okay. Um, he OD'd that night so that was really sad it impacted mm-hmm. the restaurant very strongly and uh i got uh, i got his initials tattooed on another tattoo that i have um it was kind of like a supporting i was already getting a tattoo and i'm like i love this this man i wasn't really that close to him but he was very impactful he's one of the first teams that i built um as a manager so, so it was just mm-hmm. you know close in that way so i got his cc uh tattooed on me and then um i've got two tattoos for my dad uh one is across my my stomach and it's his name and uh birth and death year and then I have his signature tattooed on my inner forearm, my right forearm. So cool. Yeah. So cool. I love it. Yeah. And uh, and I've already started to think about for my mom. One of the last things my mom talked about and I, I think the, I think her passing and the struggles that she had in those last few days it, it wasn't for her. I think it was for us the 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 brothers the family members that were there it was there was a lesson in that for us mm-hmm. and that's only my that's my view I'm not trying to push that on anybody else be like look at the message in there no that's just what I see that's what that's what my opinion is uh, because the way that my mom passed and she hung on I think it gave it gave us an opportunity to look at that and to look at um, how we view death because sometimes we might be like no we want that person to stick around forever but then you see what forever might look like and you're like what the fuck no why are you still here Mm -hmm. to stop right Mm -hmm. organs stop working brain Mm -hmm. stop just shut up shut off right Mm -hmm. let her die like she's not in fucking she's not happy she's in pain my mom was swollen four times the size of her natural body because of all the 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 excrement that the 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 tumors put off and we weren't draining anymore so she was like I mean she it was it was it was crazy. Like she did not look like my mom. She looked more like Grimace from the McDonald's mm-hmm. but not yeah. purple. Right. Um, uh, so but one of the things my mom kept talking about, um the day before she passed, she she was kinda like in this daze and she had one of those moments of like, I don't wanna fucking be here and I'm like, I know, mom, I'm sorry. And she's like, But there's this this door. I'm like, Okay, what's up with the door? And she's like, It won't open. And I'm like, Well, maybe there's something more to, to to learn before you get to that door and she goes the door's dirty i can't clean it i want to clean the door but i can't it's a dirty door and she kind of chuckled and i'm like cuz it's not your door to clean mm-hmm. it's our door to clean mm-hmm. right you've done your mm-hmm. work you you're already you know with the with the exception of a of a brief moment of reel popping back in every once in a while to tell a joke or say something faish that that wasn't my mom and so that door to clean, I think was for us to clean. It was for us to get right in our heads and our in our minds and our hearts and yeah. our souls to 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 let mom go yeah. and to let that door be cleaned and so what uh what I want to do is i want to get that door a dirty door with the number nine um there was a very significant um uh a lot of significance with the number nine in her passing she she uh she passed on um uh, nine twenty seven at 9.09 a.m. So wow. 9, 2 plus 7 mm-hmm. is 9, 9.09, right? So lots of nines in that. Wow. And, uh, you know, roll your eyes, if you will, but the, the angel number oh, is yeah. 999, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I want to do is get uh, a dirty door tattooed on my right hand, and I've still got to figure out what kind of dirt, what kind of filth I want to put on the mm-hmm. door,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, with a number 9. And then on my left hand, uh, I want to get the, uh, it's called the Axis Mundi. And the Axis Mundi is a... Um, Uh, it's like a a, a gateway between the realms, right? So you Mm -hmm. got um, this, uh, it's sometimes uh, picturized as a tree that the roots grow into the underworld and the leaves grow into the upper world and the trunk is the current world, right? Um, Sometimes it's a staircase of some sort, (laughs) like almost Salvador Dali-esque, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I want to get the representation of the axis mundi, that crossover point on my left hand. So when I put the door on my right hand, from from my right hand on top of my left hand, technically that door will yeah. open yeah. the realm into the next place. Wow! And I think, wow, yeah. So that's what I want to do with my mom's tattoo. Wow! And also, that's I'm gonna so get her, cool. I'm gonna get her signature tattooed on me because I right. love that about my right. dad. Right,
1: right, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's so cool. I want to see it when it's done.
0: Yes, cool, percent. Yeah, I'll post a picture on social wow. media or something. Man, yeah. Well, I think. Um,
1: I think. Uh, I just want to, I'm just sitting with, with all of that. And I think it's such a gift that, um, she allowed you guys to, to, to witness it. Yeah. I think that's the gift that we should all be giving in our final days. Yeah, You know, don't hide me from, from the world. Let them see.
0: Yep. Cause that's you're
1: what, right behind me. Right. We're right behind Faye.
0: Yes, exactly. We're coming. We're right there. We don't, that <laughs> shit. It could be tomorrow. It could be 10 minutes from now. Yeah. Who
1: fucking knows, For you know? sure.
0: And I think, you know, like that's. <sighs> that's that's a, actually a beautiful thought, you know uh, hold the space for somebody like you'd want them to hold it for you
2: mm-hmm.
0: like think about yourself in those moments like nobody yeah. wants to be yeah. like, i got I can't say nobody, yeah. but a lot of us aren't aren't set up to be the person to hold that space, but would you want somebody to do that for you? Do you Absolutely. want to die on your own by yourself in a cold hospital mm-hmm. like with nobody around yeah.
1: you, and not just that I want someone. <clears throat> To be with me, right? Dying in the end is really just, it's you. Mm-hmm. You got to go on your own. There's right. no one really there to go with you. But if you can be a teacher to those who witness your passing, that's more of why, like, that's for me more important than my comfort at my dying. I want someone to learn from my dying right. to, you know, I want to be a teacher to that person who's seeing it. Hopefully mm. after I pass, it changes their life yeah. for the better. You know, yep. um,
0: there's yeah. a, there's a book that I've recommended to you, but I don't think I've given it to you yet. Crooked uh, Cucumber? Crooked Cucumber. I have it. You do? Oh, I, I did it. give it to you. Okay. All right.
1: Although I have to bust into it. I haven't busted it's, into it. It's all right. It's all so. right.
0: Um, so I love that book. It's okay. an autobiography of a guy named, uh, Shunju Suzuki, um, mm-hmm. who's my favorite book that he wrote. And it's not really a book that he wrote. It's a transcription of his, um, uh, Dharma talks mm-hmm. and it's called, uh, Zen Mind Beginner's Mind. Book. Yes, fucking love that book yes. but crooked cucumber is the autobiography or the biography of shunju suzuki and so shunju came over to the states in the f- early 50s with um dogen zenji and dogen zenji went to california sorry dogen went to new york and sunju went to um california and they didn't come together they're just around the similar times they made their way to america yeah. <clears throat> and um but they were two of the key people to bring Zen Buddhist meditation or Zen meditation to America. And so Shunju opened up his, uh, his monastery on Haight-Ashbury and it was a, uh, a building in, uh, in uh, San Francisco for a while. And then they opened up a retreat center outside in the mountains and they would kind of go between the two. Um, So the book is great. It talks about how he did all that shit and how he came over and started meditation, all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. But, Towards the end in the back of the book, he starts to, he gets cancer. And so, and it talks about how he made the choice of, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to take medicines. I'm not going to take the Western stuff. I'm going to let this, this cancer take me. And I'm going to show my disciples that there is a way that you can do this with your head held high and not, grip to that little bit of life that's left right it's like that handful Mm -hmm. of sand right if you Mm -hmm. hold it gently in the hand it's you might lose like a grain or two right but it's going to sit there but as soon as you start squeezing that sand it sifts through the fingers and comes out the side of your thumb and you're like oh i don't have any
2: (laughs) sand left right
0: so he was basically teaching people like teaching his 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 followers not followers i shouldn't say that but the people that that meditated with him um that you can do this in a very honorable way Mm -hmm. and it's 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 beautiful. It's really beautiful the way he talks about it.
1: You know what this reminds me of? And I think you've referenced this book, but uh, um, Tuesdays with Maury. Oh,
0: Tuesdays with Maury. God, it's a fucking good book.
1: Everybody, if you have not read Tuesdays with Maury, go buy it right now.
0: If you want your heart filled and your strings tugged on, fucking Tuesdays with Maury, So good.
1: So good.
0: uh, That's beautiful. Thank you for bringing that one up again. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically the synopsis of Tuesdays with Maury is you have this... uh, uh, this person that has you know made it in life, right? And they're like mm-hmm. running from job or from work to work and meetings to meetings and all these things and they've got all the jets and the cars and they're an important reporter and all this shit. And then finds out that one of his college professors, Maury, is passing away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's like, well shit, that guy was one of the most impactful people in my life. So he started to pull mm-hmm. himself away from that go, go, go life and start to spend some time with Maury again. Yeah. And you just see how the uh, how the change happens. His
1: layers start to come right oh, off. Fuck
0: man. It's yeah. so beautiful. Like what's important is now gone. Like that meeting yeah. got to get to that meeting to make the, fu- yeah. no dude, I'm going to sit with Maury and read a chapter yeah. in a book and feed him a sandwich. <laughs> that's fucking great. That's what I want to do with my fucking Tuesday.
1: I cried the hardest in that book. I think it says, um, it's his wife that's there with him. Right. Yeah. She starts to sing. Yeah. I start bawling like mm, a baby. Yeah. Excellent book. God damn. So good.
0: We, um, uh, the last thing i'll say about my mom is uh you know those beautiful moments but um my mom used to sing to us she loved to sing to us when we were kids even when we were older
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh and so it was about a day and a half before she passed and we were all around her and she was having like a restless restless rest like kind of yeah. night and uh and there was all of uh so my my brothers and myself and all of our spouses and um and i think my aunts two of my aunts were there and we started singing my mom the songs that she sang to us when we were kids. Mm. And it was just so beautiful, you know, to sit mm. there and sing her these these lullabies, you know, and then we got guitars out and started singing her like Elvis songs because she loved Elvis, cool. you know. And just seeing that that little like smirk, that just smile on her face, and just like, all right, this sucks, but this is fucking cool. Yeah. Like this wouldn't happen if this this moment wouldn't yeah. have been here.
1: Right? I meant to ask you, um for um I guess this is what I was looking for, is I wanna know what if you can remember the moments of where it was hard, but you noticed a beauty in it. And I think that's probably one of those right there.
0: That's one of them. The first time I noticed that, um, was when my mom was in the hospital still. So when she first, uh, went in the hospital around February, March time, we flew down and, um, when I was sitting with her and and she was, before we figured out the pain, the pain medicine cocktail for her, It was she was loopy. Like Mm -hmm. my mom didn't didn't really drink. She never smoked pot. She never did any drugs. Maybe, maybe experimented back in the sixties, but nothing stuck. So she (laughs) so those famous did her good. Yeah, she was on uh uh percocet. Uh she had the fentanyl patches, and also there was another uh, liquid morphine. So she was Mm She was in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, while we're still figuring out the cocktail, because we ended up getting a cocktail right that where she could still be a human being and function in the world before yep. things script her. Yep. Um, but there was a, so she was in that morphine fucking fentanyl induced haze and they brought her in medicine and I needed to give her, needed to give her medicine. And so the best way to do that is crush it up and put it in applesauce and feed her the applesauce. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, so I'm like, all right, mom. Feed you just applesauce and she's just like blah 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 just like jabbering on about some shit just not being being my coherent mom and I'm like this is great and so I like basically I, I got in bed next to her and I put my left arm around her and I held on to the back of her head just like a child and I spoon fed her
3: mm-hmm.
0: I spoon fed her her applesauce and pills and it was such a beautiful moment like I started tearing up when it was happening but at the same time I started laughing because I could just think back to how many times my mom saw me in some fucking drug-induced stupor and had to like just deal with me, right? And just deal with me in that moment. It, it like, but now like, here's my mom, just like goo goo and gaga <laughs> and you like drool out of her face. And I'm like, this is great. Here's some applesauce, mom. And it was, it was so beautiful. Like
1: Don't they say that's full circle right there. It,
0: it really is. It really is. You know, and it, it made me just appreciate her so much more because like I felt the empathy and the love that you have to put your ego aside to feel, you have to put the ego aside to feel that, that, that yeah. depth of empathy because the ego is where the stories are. And if I held on to those stories and I could think about how my mom punished me, used to hit me with the fly swatter, used to ground me when I was doing stupid, (laughs) nefarious kid type shit that deserved Mm -hmm. to be fucking grounded for.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. But no, like I just, I was able to put all that egoicness aside and just see, Mm -hmm. look into the, 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 what was left of my mom's gaze and just be present with her and give her medicine and just hold her like a child. It was Folks great. can't
1: see, but I'm tearing up over here. Tearing up here. over here. I'm trying not
0: to. I'm not trying not to. I'm not. I'm not saying
2: that.
1: No. But that's great. Yeah. Not everybody gets that opportunity for when you know, not all deaths are, are quote beautiful. Right. I'm gonna call it beautiful, although I know it's not really. It was. No, it really um, was. Yeah. No, but no, I appreciate uh, that. no. Yeah. That's uh, it's really special yeah. that you got to experience that. Definitely. Probably one of the biggest things I've learned from switching to doula to. Mm-hmm. Funeral director is that right there is, um, when I went to my doula training, I had it in my mind of what every death should look like and mm. that it should all be beautiful. Cause they all can be beautiful. Right. And then, um, you, you enter into the real world and it's just not like that. Yeah. Some of it's super messy.
0: It, yes, yes. Real messy. Yep.
1: So, and I yeah. think in
0: those, in all of those moments, every moment. We are presented with an opportunity to show up. Yes. And there's no judgment in how you show up or don't show up. Right. But you're presented with an opportunity, and that's constant. That's yep. that's in the most dramatics of life and the most simplest of lives. Yep. We're always presented with these opportunities, and if you're not happy with the way that you're showing up to these opportunities, unfortunately, or inf- or fortunately, however you look at it. You're going to be gifted that opportunity again. Yeah. So just remember how this feels when you either show up the way that you felt positive about showing up or showed up in mm-hmm. the way that you're not positive or not, pr- not proud of
3: because
0: right. you'll have another opportunity and it's going to be up to you to, to show up in the way that mm-hmm. you feel that you'll hold that space and again, there's no judgment. the The judgment comes from our stories that we create. Shit, I, I I wasn't there for like my dad. Like shit, I wasn't there for my dad. I didn't hold his hand. I didn't see him and look in his mm-hmm. eyes. I didn't. I wasn't there to help him in his pain. I could just keep that up, keep that story, keep that story, but it's not going to serve me. My dad's. I can feel my dad just like wanting to slap me in the back of the head every time I have that thought come into my head because yeah. he's like, dude, it doesn't fucking matter, man. I talk to my dad on a regular basis. I probably talk to my dad more now than I did when he was alive. Wow. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's very comforting and beautiful yeah. and you know, take whatever you want from that statement. But you know, I find peace in that, you know? And so there's, there's ways to, to keep those folks around us. Like we have an altar outside right now that has pictures of every single person that's passed in our life, you know, from, you know, grandparents to friends, you know, parents and all, all in between. Was you know? that your
1: salon celebration? Was, yeah.
0: Yeah, Maude and I put it
1: up. That's so cool. Yeah. I was listening to your, your podcast. Oh, damn. Uh, She's great. Yeah. I do really want to try what she called, um, did she call it the dumb supper? Is that the one where <laughs> yeah. you set a place at the table for your um, your loved ones that have passed on? Yes. And you bring their dish. Yep. Their Might favorite dish out. Yep. yep. That was cool. I'm stealing that. that.
0: that. Yeah. I did uh, some shamanic training with uh, with uh, an- actually another guest. It was on not too long ago, Holly West. And, um, and she, uh, she's trained through the Lakota tribe and they're very big on offerings and, and, uh, cool. you know, so when we did our trainings, every meal that we had, we set an offering off to the side for, you cool. know, for spirit or for whoever we were worshiping, you know, yeah. asking for, for love from.
3: Yeah. And,
0: and I've, I've taken that into practice outside of that. Now I have mm-hmm. this little table in the front of our, of our mm-hmm. front porch that has little yeah. cacao and little honey yeah. on there, you know, yeah. just offerings for the world. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, well.
1: Oh, one more question. Yes. What, what happened with, with your mom? What did she ended up when, what did she end up doing? Was she um, buried? Was she cremated? Yep. She was
0: cremated. Yep. And, uh, so the cool thing, I guess, cool thing. I don't know if that's the right word, but, uh, my mom had her wits enough about her leading up to this, that she planned a lot of this herself. Like she wanted to, she knew how she wanted to go. And so wanted to be cremated and she was very happy with that. Uh, My dad was cremated, and it was kind of funny that once we uh, we had the service for my mom and got the um, the the ashes and the urn and everything, Mm -hmm. we uh, (sighs) went into my mom and dad's bedroom and put them both in bed together. Dad, dads are on one side, moms are on the other side. <laughs> but on some like sexy music. We're like, you guys just have some time here.
1: Oh my God. It was, was kind of
0: like absurd and ridiculous, but like also cute and funny. You know, because Joke my mom Dula. and
1: right? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs>
0: uh, Cuz my mom and dad they haven't shared a yeah. bed together in 14 yeah. years, you know? So it's like, hey, you guys get to do yeah. the thing. Hey, look at that. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. But no, okay. yeah, she was cremated and okay. we have a, a little jar of her ashes here. Okay. Um, my dad's ashes are coming and then we have a, a jar for my, uh, all the brothers. Cool. Yeah. So we all have a little. Are you going little...
1: to use the ashes for the tattoo? I
0: don't know yet. I don't know. Um, there's that idea of putting a little bit of my mom's ashes in the tattoo. And there's also, you can make glass beads out of yep. uh, ashes now. So yep. we we're talking about maybe doing that and just having cool. something to carry around. Okay, but cool. Um, but yeah, still finding a way to, to, to hold mom at our hearts, okay. you know, in, in some kind yeah. of way. Tattoo is my, yeah. my favorite way of doing it.
1: This might take way too much time, but something I have really wanted to do today is maybe plan yours a little bit. Oh
2: yeah. So. Okay.
1: Have you gotten clear on which way you want to go? I think you were kind of on the fence last <sighs> time we
0: spoke. Well, I've joked about being mummified, wanting to be mummified for can't, a while. You can't
1: be mummified. I don't, I don't do that anymore. So. That's, you know. That's not an my, option. My also my ripped out through my nose. Also. Sorry, everybody. A Viking funeral is also not legal. So don't ask me to give you a Viking funeral. <laughs> not happening.
0: What is that? Where they put you and put you out on a raft yeah, and they shoot arrows at you?
1: Yes. <laughs> you can't do that. Morgan always tells me when I go, just dump me in the river. I also can't do that no, legally. So not, please yeah, make your wishes legal. I really don't yep. want to break the law.
0: Well, I didn't realize until my mom passed that we couldn't travel with ashes. You have to have a declaration of ashes. You can. Yeah, you just have
1: to have documentation with you. And
0: that you can't uh, Mm. legally spread ashes because it might uh, interfere with criminal investigations because they have bits of bone flying around. Is that not true? So
1: Okay, so we've had people certain cultures that will ask to take, um, the bones after cremation. So like they want to take the bones intact before they're processed. And that's where that law comes into place. Like you are only allowed Uh, to do that. If your plan is to take them to a temple, you cannot go take, uh, a, a rib piece and like, just take it with you and put it somewhere because that is where it opens investigation. Okay. Right. Somebody discovers a bone like and they're like, Oh my God. Rib. Like what the yeah. fuck is this? There's a fever so, over here. <laughs> so I think that might be what you're talking about. But yeah, if you travel outside of the state with, um, cremated remains, okay. you have to have a certificate of cremation and a permit. Okay. Those are the two things you need, okay. um, but you can travel with them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, <laughs> Um, I don't know there's there's uh, there's uh like human uh fertilizer ideas, right? you know, where yep. you can be planted into like a compostable bag and yep. planted under a tree and blah 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 yeah. I think I'd like to do something like that. like I definitely okay. don't want to be, I don't, I'm not against being buried as long as I decompose in some kind of health, healthy way. And, natural and way. Natural way that can help Let the, the worms the do world. their job. Right? Exactly. Totally. Yep. Right. Get in there and do your thing. I've done, yep. I've done my Tibetan death meditation. Yep. Like I've seen my body go to ashes and be blown yep. away in the fucking wind and then become a butterfly. You don't want to steal a
1: casket with a concrete vault? Oh
0: my God. <laughs> Only if it's lined with plush silk, Frankie. Yes. I want to make sure I'm comfortable in my death. <laughs> that's fucking bullshit. But, uh, again, if that's your way, that's your way. That, you okay. know, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk shit okay. about it, But. Um,
1: so something natural something for natural
0: I, okay. I don't mind being uh, being torched if uh, cremation is the way to go but I would like okay. to find a way to recycle my body into some kind of like benefit okay. for the world okay. um, at one point I wanted to be uh, wanted to donate my body to, to science and just like not because like hey look at me I'm fucking awesome but, you know, like, hey, like we, we might need some organs to deal with and some things like that. Pretty
1: recently, for the first time, I um got to experience what they call cryopreservation. And Ooh. maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. But someone literally took their body and had it shipped out of the state to be put into a preservation tank.
0: So, like, sub-zero, frozen <laughs> for X amount of time in hopes that maybe one day we'll figure out what the hell's wrong with them. Yep. That's... So, and that's... <laughs> That's a big, that's a big test in faith, you know, like, are you, okay, are we actually going to figure out something that's going to be beneficial for you to still continue this life? Um, And do you want to come back 40 years from now and live a life that you have no idea what's going on anymore? You don't know, like, technology (coughs) changes so much in five years. Right. I mean, if you look just ten years ago, not everybody had cell phones, and now cell phones are like people in like remote parts of Africa have cell phones, right? You know. So like, how are you going to interact with the world as we start to come back into these like decades and decades later?
1: I have things to say, but you
0: um, <clears throat> have a tickle in your throat. Yes. <laughs>
1: <coughs> so the audience knows I'm recovering from a cold. Yes. And currently dying, trying to breathe.
0: (coughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate your efforts. Take your
1: time. I knew that happened, so I brought a little cough drop with me. Good for you. But yeah, that was the craziest thing I think I've ever heard of or seen. They basically, they get your body, but they have you going still. Like They have your heart pumping. You come in in this tub of ice. And then before I know it, they're in this, looks like a casket full of ice. You're yes. frozen, shipped off to Michigan, I think it was. Okay. Yeah, they're gonna be suspended in a tank for who knows how long.
0: Whoever, until they figure out what's going on. <coughs> wow.
1: You can also just do your your head. Oh, see that's mm-hmm. and that's some like sci-fi <laughs> shit, right? Futurama, that's, right? You know exactly. Yeah, they had the yeah. fucking
0: heads, man. Yeah. God damn it! There's a. Uh, I've talked about this a couple weeks ago, maybe months ago, but, um, and I, I apologize for not doing my due diligence to, uh, to actually, you know what? No, I have, I just can't find shit about this. So I was listening to a podcast one time and I can't remember the gentleman's name. That was, uh, that was a guest, but it was Aubrey Marcus podcast. And the guy was talking about death rites and rituals. And, um, and he said one of the rituals that the llamas, so Dalai Lama, the lama lineage uh, observes is that when a llama dies, they cremate his body. And in the heart cavity, there's a stone that forms and it's called a ring cell stone. And you can find that stone after the body disintegrates. And the Rinpoches are trained to look at that stone and to be able to tell the level of consciousness that the llama left at. So when that consci- then that llama is reincarnated, they already know what level of consciousness mm-hmm. to look for, for that next llama. Whoa. And it's also fabled that the current Dalai Lama has the ring cell stones for all the previous llamas that have passed. Fucking Dang. crazy, right? That's
1: crazy. Like,
0: that's a cool ritual. I bet might wow. have. I, I don't even know if I'd have a ring <laughs> cell stone. I'd have, like, a little pebble of something, mm-hmm. maybe, you know? Like yeah. A, but that's... Yeah. I I've, I've, I've read mm-hmm. about that. I've researched it. I've looked it up multiple times in different places. I can't find shit. I find ringworms, I find cells, I find stones, but never a ring cell stone. <laughs> so don't quote me as as gospel on that, but it's something I'm still Excuse like me. really interested in looking into, actively mm-hmm. searching out. Mm-hmm. So if you have any information, anybody out there has information yeah, yeah. about ring cell stones. Let us know. AdamReal1 at gmail.com.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but outside of that, like I think I really want a celebration. I don't want people to lament my death and be like, oh, we miss Adam, oh, blah, 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 whatever, right? No, like fucking, my mom, like we had a celebration for my mom and it was beautiful. Like, yes, yeah, so there were tears, there was sadness. There's kind
1: of the, did you do a funeral mass, right?
0: We did, yeah. So at the, the and then church. And the celebration separately. The celebration separate, exactly. Okay. And so, and it was beautiful. And I want that. I want to have a celebration. I don't want people to sit around like just crying about me, mm-hmm. you know? I'd like to have like. You know, people tell stories, you know, what they loved about, you know, what the thing that I've that I've realized now with the the passing of uh, a few people, my mom and then a friend of ours, Scott that passed away is the way to remember people, the way that people will never die, right, is to embrace the thing that you love the most about that human being and try to find a way to encompass that into your life. Right? <coughs> and so with my mom, she had a way to make you feel like you were the only person in that room. Yeah. She would give you the full attention that you desired, that you needed. She would make you feel loved and heard and comforted, but she would do that for every single human being that she encountered. Like yeah. whether it was like a grocery store clerk or a person she's known for years, Yeah, like it was just, she just had this way about her. And I think in a way, like all three of us, all three of our, uh, the boys, we, we encompass that cause it's our fucking mom. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we learned from that. And my dad was a similar way. Yeah. But that's, you know, the, 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 those are those ways, right? We, we look at what we love the most about that human being and say, okay, I'm going to let that live inside of me. Mm-hmm. And that, that spirit of my mom or Scott or my dad or Les or whoever it is, is going to continue to live on through me in this way. And so by that, they'll never be forgotten.
1: Yeah. Okay. So your body won't be present. You'll yeah. have your celebration. Yes. <coughs> Still just trying to breathe over here. <laughs> Um, where do you see this happening?
2: Huh.
1: um
0: I don't know if I have a preference on that like I'm not really tied to a space like I don't want like i don't need to be in Texas where my roots are I don't need to be in washington where my my roots have grown to um I don't think of any like holy spots that I need to like visit or anything like that no i don't i don't I don't think that i'm a No, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know if there is a place that, yeah, like I need to be, to feel rested.
1: When I go to a Catholic funeral mass, there's always a little bit of me that's like, man, I should be baptized just so that I can have my funeral in this beautiful church. It is gorgeous.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they are pretty ornate.
1: For someone who never went to church, man, when you go to a funeral mass, it's beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. Did you guys get to like place, was her casket there? Or was it just a, an urn?
0: Uh, it was an urn. and uh, But there was like a flower presentation and a, like a pedestal. So I got okay. to walk the, the flowers down and put it on the okay. pedestal. And and then like kind yep. of step away and it wobbled. And I went back. and I'm like, I don't know if I should let this go. Like this doesn't seem stable. Mm-hmm. And like the 97-year-old deacon's like, it's fine. Been using it since
1: 06. Like, ah, yeah. fucking hell, man. <laughs>
0: All right.
1: Okay. Maybe some big, beautiful temple we can find for your celebration. i be down Something with that. like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, and I, I think that's a good point. Like, I don't know if my services need to reflect <laughs> me or if I would be more comfortable just having them be able to cater to the friends and relatives and family that I'm leaving behind. Right?
1: Okay. I hear you. However, I will say that... The the more that you leave it up to everybody else, just keep in mind they're gonna have to plan that. True. While they're grieving That's the true. loss of your ass, which is not gonna be easy, Adam.
2: <laughs> we're gonna be a mess. We need to just get this in
1: place now so that we know what's gonna happen and then. All you right, know, sir. Okay. Deal. Okay.
0: We're gonna have a uh, a sound bath. Okay. All right. Um, any practitioner that wants to be there can help we okay. hold the space, have a sound bath, and do some healing work. You know, we'll have yep. brief coaches there if people need to talk, some breath yep. work coaches there, right? So we'll have will all there,
1: the... Will there be any marijuana? Yes. Yeah, most
0: definitely. Yeah. So actually, so it's funny, Maude and I are getting married, um, and one of the things we talked Yay. about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things we talked about, even before we, we decided to get married, uh, you know, we were always talking about, like, you know, what to have mm-hmm. and where to do it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we want to do, and we've talked about is having a blunt rolling station at our, at our wedding Go and up. just like having, cause you have an open bar, right? You have a bartender, mm-hmm. and you have a fucking bud tender, right? And have a dude back there like rolling blunts or somebody, you know, rolling joints, whatever it is. If hey, here's, here's a bomb. You want to, if wanna, you need
1: a bud tender, I would be happy to, love that. to play that role. Awesome awesome you've seen my blunts yes
0: i have they're pretty, they're, good. They're pretty good they're fantastic yes they are so i think uh you know having something like that you know okay. having like a little cannabis station if you will kombucha okay. you know kombucha okay. on tap cool. you know
1: okay
0: um it's a little healthy snacky treats but also some chocolate you know this is gonna
1: have to have take place at somebody's house then i'm already kind of switching this this okay. cannot be at a place okay. where we have to you know
0: Okay, maybe Sacred emerging. Dwellings, you know, there's yeah, uh, they got okay. a big, big space out there. Okay. Kylie, I'm, I'm volunteering you to hold space for my uh, <coughs> my funeral.
1: Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Kylie.
0: Um, and then, you know, maybe some live music, you know.
1: Do you have, a, oh, live music. Yeah. Anybody, Anybody like come to mind? You know, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. Kevin Morby, if you're listening to this ever, uh, I want you to play live at my funeral. All right, Kevin. All right. Kevin Morby. All right. Do
0: it up. I don't think I've known Kevin Morby. <laughs>
1: I'll You'll to, have to listen. I'll have to listen to Good it. stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, do you uh, have an opening song and ending song in mind?
0: Oh God, Outcast. You know, be strong. Hold on, be strong. <laughs> um, you know, I'm Every Woman <laughs> comes into mind. You know? Oh my God! So when I worked at Red Hook, I had two theme songs that were gifted to me by staff members, and one is uh, one was I'm Every Woman, <laughs> and the other was. Uh, Oh, it's a. I can't remember it now. It's another funny song, but mm-hmm. so I'm every woman. It's all in okay. me. Anything okay. you don't want, baby, I you know, do it okay. naturally.
1: Oh, yep, oh, yep,
0: oh, oh. yep. So maybe that you know. Got you. Um, and then outside of that, I don't know. Yeah, I have to think about that because I, I kind of want it to be like fun and funny, not serious, right? You know.
1: Well. There has to be moments of seriousness, though, right? Yeah, I yeah. guess. Okay, I don't right. know. I mean, that's all already
0: right. good. That's like a given, you know? There's already, like, given serious moments, right. right? Because there's sadness and grief. It's like, we're just yeah. going to we're gonna surround yeah. it. It's, it's going to be like a 90s comedy mm-hmm. movie, like Hot Shots, right? There's going to be comedy in every okay. every scene. It's going to be packed with comedy. Okay. You can cry if you want to, but there's going to be a fucking chicken and a bow and arrow comedian, coming at maybe? your ass.
1: Live oh, comedian? Fun. Tell oh. some jokes? <laughs> <laughs>
0: God, oh, that could go sideways okay. quick. Yeah, could. I like the good, idea, good. though.
1: <laughs> if there's any comedians out there willing, you're brave, and uh-huh. I'll take you up on it. Uh-huh. Okay?
0: All right. Um,
1: Can we do a slideshow? Of course. Play yeah, a slideshow? Yeah, do okay. a little
0: slideshow action. Yep.
1: Okay. So uh, something to think about is what you want for your main photo. I want you to tell me what's your favorite photo that to be used a, for your obituary. So,
0: <laughs> the picture that comes to mind... There's, uh, Monica and I went on a cruise, uh, four or five years ago and we were dressed up
3: mm-hmm.
0: doing a, doing a night out kind of thing. And we we're getting our pictures taken mm-hmm. and, uh, we just, so our nieces had just finished getting their pictures taken and it was kind of like rapid fire, right? So they're done. You yeah. guys get in here, smile, take a picture. And uh, so Mon and I are standing there and one of the nieces had ripped the nastiest ass when she walked away and so we walked into her (laughs) fart cloud in sitting there and like you know jc penny style you know like sit (laughs) there and hold the arm and smile and it just it like it stung like so bad like i could taste it in the back of my throat and so the look on my face was just like (laughs) like i just ate a sour onion or something and so i think that picture you know i think that
1: picture i'm writing sour onion in my notebook perfect all right all right
0: uh yeah i think that'd that's be hilarious fun. and if somebody okay. wants to get that tattooed the <laughs> trivia tattoo you know i'm not <laughs> yeah. i'm not mad at it uh, sour onion ahead. sour onion tattoo right. yep totally
1: okay 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 <laughs>
0: uh, what else what other details are there what
1: else um
0: it doesn't have to be an all-day thing just a couple hours okay. you know just you know if you guys want to have an after party okay. afterwards do what you do okay we had a, what's your favorite a, dish i don't know if a dish but i want there to be a cookie cake present
1: okay Cookie, cookie cake,
0: cake. yes. Mm. Uh, Love me some
1: cookie cake.
0: Maybe like a like a. Oh, you know what? Okay, Ivy Weiss, if you're listening, she makes dope ass charcuterie boards. Can charcuterie. you make me a chocolate charcuterie board? Chocolate charcuterie board.
1: Yes, okay.
0: all the different types of chocolates.
1: Okay.
0: Darkness levels, liquids and okay. solids. Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So chocolate chip cookie cake, a chocolate charcuterie platter. <laughs> kombucha on draft got it people are blunt rolling station got it plenty of tissues in case anybody wants to cry about me yeah that will be good times
1: blunt rolling station all
0: right okay I like this
1: that's fun. Yeah. That's all the fun pieces. Yeah. There's some nitty gritty though. Okay. Some paperwork. What you got? So when you pass your next of kin, Monica, as yes. your surviving spouse, unless you have another document that exists somewhere that says someone else besides Monica is to handle your funeral arrangements.
0: Right now it's my <laughs> oldest daughter because when that was all said before Monica was put in the picture. So, really? uh, so yeah. So I, uh, once Monica and I get married, I'll transfer it over. Is like, it in
1: a will or can I ask you about uh, this? How is life a... insurance.
0: Okay. <clears throat> so basically life insurance policies and stuff are, are in my daughter's name. My oldest daughter's name as okay. a beneficiary. Got it. Yeah.
1: But do you have a document that says that she is to handle your funeral arrangements?
0: <sighs> no. It's got to be very
1: specific if no, it's a, uh, okay.
0: My, uh, my fiance and I, my old, my ex fiance <laughs> and I had wills drawn up, but that's been 12 years. Okay. So.
1: Yeah. And maybe I'll pause right here because this is also something that, um, probably is the most complicated piece of my job hmm. is the law. Okay. And who can handle your disposition mm. or your funeral arrangements. Okay. So in the state of Washington, the top of the list is, um, it's called a designated agent. Okay. And it has to be that specific language there that, you know, this person is to handle my remains after I die or is to handle my funeral. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yep. And then if that doesn't exist <clears throat> and that has to be a legalized, like notarized signed document mm. or it's no good. Okay. Um, then it goes to surviving spouse mm, okay. and uh, common law is not a thing in Washington. It so I've not, had, yep. I've had that come up too, of mm. people like saying that, um, um, I felt bad for this one couple. They had moved from California where I think there is common, common law. law yeah. <laughs> they mm-hmm. moved to Washington, mm-hmm. assuming that that still is, um, their marriage is still attacked, oh, but because shit. they're in Washington now, it was no good. So the spouse or so she believed to be spouse, yeah. um, had no rights to control the... To control the arrangement, so Man. this does get messy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> wow. So Monica will be your person once you're married. Yes, most um, And then, just so everybody knows, after that, it's surviving children.
0: Okay. My <laughs> older brother was uh, was appointed my mom's executor estate and all that okay. fun stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah. So like like I said, my mom was <laughs> had her wits about her for long enough to get that shit set, yeah. kind of set yeah. up. Okay. But um, yeah, that's really important stuff to know.
1: Yeah. So, and oh man, what really sucks is when I'm asking people about you know their surviving next of kin is I'll say you know did they have surviving children? How many? And they'll say just one. Well, there's this estranged son that lives somewhere in you know wherever, and unfortunately, it still is the law that we have to find that person. They have to sign off on your funeral arrangements. Wow. Man, this gets messy, wow. so anybody listening if you have if you've got you know <laughs> complicated family dynamics, that's a nice uh, way to put it It's really smart too. if you have any uh doubts, just get one of those documents and name mm. somebody to wow. handle your stuff. If you're a parent of several children, you think one of them is going to you know try to cause problems or
0: yeah, you know we're. That's good to know. I might have a side <laughs> conversation with you about that with okay. something, something else. Yeah. yeah. It comes okay. up all
1: the time. It's definitely the most complicated thing I, I run into. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah I can imagine. Yeah.
1: And you get stuck. You're not really able to move forward right. and it's just no good for anybody. Nobody wants wow. that. So.
0: So with stuff like that, do you recommend <clears throat> people like just get a handle <clears throat> on at least what that looks like earlier on in life? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are there, I mean, do you, this is, I mean, good information that you're putting out here now, but is there somewhere that people can go? Is that like a service <laughs> that a death doula offers to say, hey, like. Yes. Just to get you ready.
1: Yes. you go. Yeah. Okay. A doula, um, you could just go see an attorney mm-hmm. to write up a legal document for you. Okay. You can also go to your local funeral home where they have documents that they can put in place for you. Interesting. Um, yeah.
0: So kind of like, a, like, Hey, we're going to hold your hand through this process. It might be 20 years from now. It might be tomorrow, exactly. but Hey, we need to make sure that you're, you're set up.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Interesting. That's yep. good to know.
1: Yep. So, um, anyways, <clears throat> see, there's, there's not fun parts to yeah. all of this arranging. So yeah. we've got your next of kin figured out. Monica's going to be your person. Correct. Um, for your death certificate, there's sometimes some questions that are tricky, like, Obviously, she'll need your birth date, your social security number, so make sure it's handy. But your birthplace, sometimes people are caught on that question. Right,
2: yep, yep.
1: So make sure she has that written down somewhere. Okay. Is that Houston? Detroit. Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. I should have known that.
0: Not too far from you. (coughs) Grand Rapids, right? Is where you were?
1: Hastings. Hastings, okay. Which is near Uh, Grand Rapids, like like 45 minutes uh, from from detroit
0: side note uh did you see that there is a documentary out called bad axe and bad axe no. is in like the thumb area no um and it's about how they weathered the pandemic oh it's, and bad yeah. axe uh is a very small town like smaller than small like it's a very tiny bad town.
1: axe A D. just spelled like exactly <laughs>
0: like, yep totally bad axe yeah i haven't checked it out they yet they wanted by, it
1: to be badass but they wouldn't but, allow yeah, it
0: yeah no they had to put an x in there yeah <laughs> Um, so, so, Detroit, Michigan. So, I was born in Detroit. Um, okay. What are some of the other questions, Ed?
1: Okay. Um, so, birthplace trips people up a lot, and then also parents' names. Uh-huh. So, Monica will need your your mom's maiden name, full name, and your dad's name.
0: <coughs> There's discrepancies about that. Okay. So, when, uh, so it's funny, because my mom's my mom's Polish. Okay. Her last name is Ossentowski. <coughs> O-S-E-N-T-O-S-K-I. Okay. But... What we found out recently, like, I guess people have known this, what I found out recently is my mom's got, uh, my mom's one of nine children and I think five (laughs) of those kids have the O-S-E-N-T-O-S-K-I and four Mm -hmm. of them have O-S-O-N-T-O-S-K-I. Oh, no. Right. Exactly. Right. So, like, there's not even continuity between the spellings of the last names on these birth certificates yeah. for all nine yeah. siblings. So, I can see how that might get fucked up, you know? It
1: does get fucked up. Holy and shit. also, like, you know, you've got adoptive parents versus birth parents. Right, Which right. ones do you put? Um, but yeah, nobody's going to hunt Monica down and ask her for, for you know, proof of this information. Right. So, you can, she can put whatever spelling of Osentoski that she wants to. Okay. Um, what was your dad's name?
0: Uh, William Joseph Real. All right. Bill Reed.
1: You're welcome, Monica. Yeah.
0: There you go. Yeah. Doing all this work already. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Cool. Um, and we still don't know what we're doing with your body, but we know that it's going to be Something eco-friendly. Eco-friendly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Personally, I'm hovering between wanting a natural green burial, which is what you've described. You basically put the body in the ground. You might have like a bamboo or compostable casket. Yeah. <clears throat> Although, um, the composting thing sounds cool to me too. So I I hover back and forth. I don't know which one, I don't know which one I want.
0: Well, maybe by the time, uh, my time comes, I'll have a more (laughs) definitive uh, way to make that decision. Okay. Yeah. All right. But either one. Get clear on again. that.
1: Yeah. Get clear on that. Yeah. Those really are the biggest ones on that death certificate that trip people up. Mm. Is trying to remember where the person was born, what city and state, and then their parents' full names.
2: Right. Okay. Especially
1: like me, I have a, a dad that passed when I was young, so whoever is to handle me when when my time comes, that might be a tricky question of like, oh yeah, what was her dad's name? Right. It can be tough. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while, we have to put unknown in those in those places. But okay. yeah. Wow. What do you want listed as your? Um, it actually on a death certificate will ask for your occupation
0: oh what do you want on that human human (laughs) um you know i don't know i don't know if i have a title that i really because i'm i like uh right now i'm I'm practicing healing arts but I, i don't like to call myself a healer um
1: uh life practitioner
0: life practitioner that's great love that cool yeah i like that
1: I think everything is allowed. I don't think anybody goes and, yeah. you know, asks like there's for a drop down your...
0: box of like, yeah. yeah, you got 17 things to yeah. choose from. Prove
1: it. But I'm not an architect. That's the closest <laughs> thing to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. All right.
0: Well, thank you for letting me, uh, for, for helping me flush sure. all that stuff out. Sure.
1: Yeah. Sure. I'm sure there's other things, oh, but sure. uh, yeah. 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 Well, sort out your next of kin, everybody.
0: Sort out your next of kin. know where you' you you were born.
1: Parents' Mm -hmm. names. Parents' names. And,
0: you know, just I I think just start thinking about, really,
1: I mean, we're all
0: (laughs) going to die. And if we're not, then just have the expectation, because maybe it won't be in our lifetime, maybe it will be in our lifetime, who knows, Uh, that we'll figure out that magic pill, and if you want to take it, great, but hopefully Mm -hmm. it's it's an option, and, like, not everybody has to choose to live forever, because I don't want to fucking live forever. Mm -mm. I'm done when my time is done. I'm totally Mm -hmm. happy with leaving in this world whenever Mm -hmm. that time is ready. Um that might change on a deathbed kind of thing, but in my coherent brain right now, with my ego very strong, I'm ready to go.
2: Yep, yep, <laughs> <I'm>, yep. <laughs> I'm okay with I'm
0: okay with uh, with yep. calling it out. Whatever it needs to happen, yeah. you know. And I and I and I feel strongly that the people that are here after me that love and support me will find solace in the passing that I have and will Mm -hmm. find support with the people that are still around like my kids, Monica, whoever else is still here. I feel Mm -hmm. like there will be enough love and support because this is an open topic in our, in our household. We talk a lot very openly about death and, and what the expectation is. So
1: that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good conversation to keep, keep going. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, my job is, is fucking awesome for that reason. Every day I step in there and I stare it right in the face and go. I leave and I, am um, grateful for that day that I had hmm. might make a couple phone calls to the people that I, uh, <laughs> I appreciate glad they're still around. There you go. And,
0: um, I love that. Yeah, I just... Maybe shows you how, <laughs> how, you know, short and quick life can be. And so like, Hey, cool. If this person's still here. I'm gonna yep. call him and tell them I love
1: them. Yep.
0: Let that be my Tuesday.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Love that. Ah. Ah. Frankie, thank you so much.
1: You're so welcome. Thank
0: you for letting me talk about this. This is uh, the the longest I've talked about this subject uh, since my mom passed, and it's been very healing and uh, and very eye opening and very informative. Yeah. Love you. I love you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll see you soon. That's
1: great. See you soon.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for spending time with Allison and I. Uh, please check out the show notes for any links of how to get in touch with Allison or myself. Also, please subscribe, like, and share the podcast. Hope sense, and love. We'll see y'all next time.